Specialty Stories Podcast, session number 14. Whether you're a pre-med or medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information you need to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. And welcome to the Specialty Stories Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I'm your host here on the Specialty Stories Podcast, as well as several other podcasts on the MedEd Media Network, which you can find at mededmedia.com. Last week, we had a physiatrist on, and that seemed to be a very popular episode. This week, I'm going to dive into more match data. I did an episode like this a couple episodes ago in episode 11, session 11, and I want to do the same thing again today. The first one I dove into was anesthesiology. This next one I'm going to dive into is emergency medicine. Now, if you follow the NRMP match results and you go alphabetical order, anesthesia is number one, child neurology is number two, and dermatology is number three. But I'm going to uh, skip those two because they're, they're much smaller, and, and I'll reserve some time for those maybe uh, in a, a, a bigger episode where I cover a lot of these smaller programs. Uh, I'll definitely want to look for uh, child neurology to come on. I've had a dermatopathologist on already. So I, I will be talking about those specialties but I'm, I don't want to dive into the match data for those right now. So what I want to do, what I want to dive into is emergency medicine. And emergency medicine is a very popular specialty these days. And I did speak to an emergency medicine physician back in session two of the Specialty Stories podcast, which you can find, again, Specialty Stories session number two. And it's... It's becoming very popular because of the shift work and the the amount of work that you're doing. So I think what I remember is that what is considered full-time for an emergency medicine physician is about 15 or 16 shifts a month. So when you think about that, it's like, wow, I only have to work 15 days a month to be considered full-time. That's basically, I mean, if you, if you think... 15 days over business days, that's three business weeks, right? Monday through Friday, five days times three. So that's a whole extra week off that you're getting every month. But obviously shift work comes with some negatives as well, which we talked about in that episode. So I do want to talk about this NRMP data. And again, if you Google NRMP match data for 2016, then you can follow along with me in this um, in this PDF document. It's a 120-page PDF document called Main Match Results and Data for 2016. And right off the bat, we look at Table 1 here for this NRMP match data. And emergency medicine has 174 programs. And just, I'll give you some comparisons. So anesthesia, we talked about last time, um, was 119 programs. So a lot more programs, almost uh, almost 60 more programs, 55 more programs, if you want to be specific. And 
of those 174 programs, there are 1,895 spots, which works out to a little bit over 10 spots, almost 11 spots per program. And very competitive, very uh, very wanted specialty out of the 174 programs, only one program went unfilled. There were 2,476 applicants to emergency medicine for those 1,895 spots. And 1,693 of those were U.S. seniors. So a good chunk of them were U.S. seniors trying to match into emergency medicine. And when you look at the number of matches, U.S. seniors made up 78.5% of those that matched. So 1,486 U.S. seniors out of 1,894 that matched. And so, again, looking back at anesthesia, there were 72% of those that matched were U.S. seniors. So emergency medicine is matching more U.S.-based seniors going into emergency medicine. And, and what that means is there are possibly, what that means is there are less international students applying for emergency medicine and there are less students who did not match right away into emergency medicine trying to come back in and matching, um, at least successfully matching into emergency medicine. And so looking at that, that number of total matches, 1,894, if you remember all of those numbers I've been throwing at you, 1,895 positions offered. So there was one spot in one program that went unfilled, 99% filled for emergency medicine. So it's pretty competitive. Now, again, this is table one from the NRMP match data. Last time when I talked about anesthesiology, Table one has PGY1 positions, PGY2 positions, and physician positions. Emergency medicine only has PGY1 positions listed here in table one, meaning that you don't go and do a internship separate from your emergency medicine residency. It's all built into the one main residency. So that's a big difference here. And I know it can be very confusing for those that are still getting their feet wet with all the terminology about a, a prelim year and a categorical year and a surgery internship and an internal medicine internship and a transitional internship and what residencies uh, require you doing a prelim residency or a prelim internship and ones that have the, the categorical internship built into it. So emergency medicine does not have that other internship outside of the program. So there are no PGY2 positions um, or physician positions available to apply to. And table two here shows, again, in the 2016 NRMP match data, again, go to nrmp.org or just Google NRMP match data, and you can follow along here. The, the match data for NRMP for emergency medicine, Table 2, breaks down the specialty and applicant type. So again, 1,895 positions 
available for emergency medicine, only one was unfilled. So 1,894 positions were filled. 78.5% of those were U.S. seniors. 73, so let me, let me um, rephrase that. So there were 1,486 U.S. seniors. That's 78.5. There were 73 other U.S. grads. And remember from the last time we talked, if, if you listen to that episode, you can be a U.S. senior that's matching into uh, these specialties, or you can be a U.S. grad, meaning that you took you either took time off between trying to match and graduating from medical school, uh, so you didn't try to match during your senior year of medical school, or you didn't match and you took some time off and strengthened your application and reapplied and now are getting in. So out of the 1,894 students that matched or people, physicians that matched, there were 73 that were non-U.S. seniors or, or actually non-senior U.S. grads. So they made up uh, an extra almost 4%. Now, I know I loved talking about this last time, the osteopathic world. They had 224 osteopathic students matching into emergency medicine through the NRMP match or ARIS. And the, that, that just means that these are osteopathic students that went outside of their AOA match or national match and applied through these MD programs instead of to DO emergency medicine programs. So almost 12% of the students applying or, or matching into emergency medicine were osteopathic students. There was one Canadian. There were 87 U.S. international medical graduates, 23 non-U.S. international medical graduates, and then that one unfilled spot. So... The non-U.S. international medical graduates, those are non-U.S. citizens that graduated from an international medical school. So maybe a, an Indian physician or I, I've seen a lot of Iranian physicians or German physicians, where, whatever they may be, coming and trying to match into residencies. So they made up a little over 1%. And just to give you some uh, comparison, looking at family medicine, which you would assume being a primary care specialty would would have a large percentage of of availability for for international medical grads. They they had 382 international medical grads out of 3,083 spots, so almost 12 percent, or a little over 12 percent, which is uh, interesting. Now we learned in the emergency medicine specialty stories podcast again, session number two. That was a community-based emergency medicine physician. We learned that emergency medicine is still a relatively new specialty. And it's interesting when you look at the table three here for the NRMP match data, again, NRMP match data for 2016, the table three shows the positions offered from 2012 to 2016 and emergency medicine, just at a quick glance here, outside of the primary care specialties, 
emergency medicine is the fastest growing specialty out of all of the the more subspecialties. And so if you're interested in emergency medicine, that's a good thing. That means there are more and more spots available every year. So in 2012, they were uh, there were 1,668 spots, 1,743, 1,786, 1,821, and now 1,895. So it's growing and growing and growing relatively consistently uh, between 65 to 7% over uh, year over year, which is kind of cool. Now, if you look at some of these other ones, the primary care specialties, family medicine growing uh, 11.5% every year, which is huge, but expected for a primary care specialty. Pediatrics, almost 10% every year. But emergency medicine as a uh, specialty outside of primary care is the fastest growing, which is pretty awesome. I do want to take a second. I didn't talk about this back in the anesthesia episode because I couldn't find this specific page, but I, I was instructed and uh, was pointed in the right direction by Chad in the Hangout, which if you're not part of our medical school headquarters Hangout, it's an awesome place, medicalschoolhq.net slash group. The National Matching Service, which is the DO matching uh, service, their program, they have a 2016 program stats. So if you Google National Match DO uh, 2016, I'm looking at, it's a, it's a very different uh, amount of data compared to the NRMP. The NRMP is a 120-page report. This specific list that I'm looking at is just a one-page website, basically. And it, it's showing me that emergency medicine for osteopathic students, there were 58 programs and 307 positions. So again, if you compare that to the NRMP, there were 174 programs and 1,895 positions. So a lot more MD programs, which makes sense. I think historically, obviously, uh, there are there are more MD programs throughout the country. DOs are still relatively new in the grand scheme of things. Um, Obviously, emergency medicine being a newer specialty, but still uh, DOs being a newer breed of doctors. And so they just have a less of a footprint, which is not a bad thing, not a good thing. It just is what it is. So 58 programs, 370 or 307 positions available, and five of those positions went unmatched in the emergency medicine for osteopathic students in their matching in 2016. Now, table seven, going back to the NRMP match data for 2016, table seven shows the number of positions offered and filled by U.S. seniors and all applicants between 2012 and 2016. And so doing some quick math, the the number of U.S. students that are filling these spots for emergency medicine has basically stayed the same around 78 to 80% every year, which is pretty good. It means U.S. applicants are staying very competitive for these programs. 
And moving on to Table 9 for the NRMP 2016 match data. Table 9 is all applicants matched to PGY, PGY1 positions by specialty 2012 to 2016. And this kind of goes back to the fact that emergency medicine is one of the fastest growing specialties out there, or has been the fastest growing outside of their primary care specialties. The emergency medicine applicants and, and students that matched, they made up the most out of any of the specialties, again, outside of the primary care specialties. Um, they made up about 7% every year since 2012, with the 2016 match data showing 7.1% of all students matching into a PGY1 position were matching into internal medicine. Now, just for numbers here, 11.5% matched into family medicine, 25, almost 26% matched into internal medicine, 6.8% matched into a PGY1 only spot for internal medicine and pediatrics was 10%. So all of these big primary care specialties are are 11 and a half, 10%, uh, obviously internal medicine huge at 26%, but emergency medicine, a very shocking number to me. I I wouldn't have thought that before looking at these numbers. Emergency medicine has the largest number of students matching into it outside of the primary care specialties. And kind of going along those same, same lines, looking at table 11 is the osteopathic students that are matching into PGY1 spots for these DO programs. And again, emergency medicine is the highest outside of the primary care specialties at 9.3%. So 9.3% of all osteopathic students matching into an MD position matched into emergency medicine. Figure six in the NRMP match data talks about the percentages of unmatched U.S. seniors and independent applicants who ranked each specialty as their only choice. And so if you look at emergency medicine, again, figure six in the 2016 match data, emergency medicine had 11.3% unmatched number with Almost 6% of U.S. seniors that were applying for emergency medicine as their only specialty choice, 6% or 5.9% of U.S. seniors that listed emergency medicine as their only specialty choice did not match. And so that doesn't, that data alone doesn't tell you enough to do anything. You may go, oh, that's super competitive. And, and, while it may be true, and let me let me give you some other numbers here. So if you look at psychiatry, not typically considered a very competitive program, a very competitive residency, but there were 8.7% of U.S. seniors unmatched for psychiatry. There were almost 20% for neurosurgery that were unmatched. Family medicine, almost 5%. Internal medicine, uh, that's a prelim year, and I'll skip that one. Orthopedic surgery, almost 21%. So 6% isn't very high. And when you look at these, you just have to question how competitive were these students for emergency, or for emergency medicine if they weren't matching. One of the things, if you look at 
Table 18 for the NRMP match data for 2016 is SOAP data. So this is participating programs and positions filled in SOAP for 2015 and 2016. And SOAP is the, the program, the supplemental um, offer application program. Or I guess more, more technical, the supplemental offer and acceptance program through the NRMP. These are for students that did not match. They find out before the actual match date and they are given time to talk to programs that have some spots and hopefully match after um, after they find out they didn't match to begin with. And for 2016, emergency medicine did not participate, at least that's listed here in the NRMP match data for 2016, they did not participate in the SOAP. And that kind of makes sense because there was only one spot unfilled. Uh, why that one program didn't participate, I don't know. Maybe they filled it another way. Now, switching over to the NRMP charting the outcomes report, which is another great report, 211 pages of awesome data. I'm looking at chart three now, charting the outcomes in the match for U.S. allopathic seniors. So this is very specific to U.S. allopathic, so MD program seniors. And looking at the emergency medicine data, 91% of U.S. allopathic seniors matched into their preferred specialty. Now, here's an interesting chart. It chart four for charting the outcomes for 2016 U.S. allopathic seniors. It shows the, the median number of continued contiguous ranks of U.S. allopathic seniors. So when you make your rank list, you're ranking the programs that you interviewed at and or applied to, and you rank 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, all of the programs that you want to go to in order of how you want to go to them. And those that match the medium number of contiguous ranks was for emergency medicine was 12. Those that did not match was four. So these students that did not match were very, very selective with who they ranked. So they were probably hoping to only match in a very specific part of the country or it's a couple very specific programs. And so when you do that, just like when you applied to medical school if you're a medical student and, and you can understand this, or if you're a pre-med student, you'll understand this soon, the less schools that you apply to, the more strict you are with your availability to apply to a, a larger number of schools is going to limit your chances of getting into medical school. And that's exactly what happened here with students applying to emergency medicine is they didn't apply, they didn't match to enough programs, and so they didn't match. So again, 12 compared to four contiguous rank numbers. And so just to give you an idea of what could happen, so I, when I filled out my rank list, I was couples matching with my then fiance, wife, or no, she was my fiance at the time. No, she was... I don't even remember anymore. She was, I think she was still my girlfriend at the time. I hadn't, I hadn't uh, proposed to her yet, but she's my wife now. So Allison and I, we couples matched and she really wanted to go to Mass General, the Harvard program for neurology. 
And so I interviewed at a program in Boston for a transitional year internship, and I ranked that number one. And then my second was no rank. So for me, my contiguous number of, of ranks was only one. So you could have these funky things where you do a no rank, um, but it, it is tricky. And, and usually that's the, the rare case. So looking at chart six and charting the outcomes, looking at step one scores. So step one is, is the first step of the boards for allopathic medical students. For osteopathic medical students, they take the COMLEX level one. Uh, osteopathic students can take the USMLE, uh, but we'll just talk again about US allopathic seniors here. So those that matched into emergency medicine scored between 225 roughly and 245, which are great scores. And those that did not match scored, again, roughly 205 to 235. So their scores were much lower on the bottom end and only went up to about the, the middle of the road for those that did match. So step one scores mean a great, great deal for your ability to match. It opens up just like a great MCAT score, opens up a lot of doors. A great step one score is going to open up a lot of doors for you. And looking at step two CK scores, emergency medicine, they were between uh, 238 roughly and 255. And those that did not match were 224-ish to 242-ish. So again, lower, obviously, step two scores. Research didn't seem to play a huge part in those that matched and did not match. Looking at chart eight for the charting the outcomes NRMP match data, the mean number of research experiences for U.S. allopathic seniors was 2.4 for those that matched and only 2.2 for those that did not match. Though research that actually led to something seems to be more important, the mean number of abstracts, presentations, and publications for those that matched in emergency medicine, they had 3.3, and those that did not match had 2.2. Again, those are the mean number of abstracts, presentations, and publications. AOA data is... Uh, not American Osteopathic Association, but AOA is Alpha Omega Alpha, which is the Medical Honor Society. And 13% of the U.S. seniors that matched were AOA for emergency medicine. And 1% of those that did not match were AOA. So AOA seems to play a little bit of a role, possibly, in matching to emergency medicine. And it's usually the case with the more competitive specialties that AOA seems to play a role. Although, is it really the AOA that plays a role or just the fact that you have great grades that leads to you getting an AOA is really the, the biggest outcome. And, and obviously having great grades leading to the ability to do well on your board scores. So further down in charting the outcomes, you have table EM1 for emergency medicine. And it gives you all of the raw numbers here, makes it a lot easier than the charts I was reading earlier. So mean US MLE step one score 233 for those that matched, 220 for those that did not match, 245 step two score, mean step two score, 
and 232. So huge difference. Have it 13 points in each of those for step one and step two for those that matched and those that did not match. Now, EM, a chart EM1 has the number of distinct specialties ranked by U.S. allopathic seniors. Now, if you are a medical student and you probably have never heard of the pre-med years or um, what I talk about with having a plan B for wanting to go into medicine, and I'm not a fan of having a plan B when you are pre-med and you're interested in going into medical school. Sure, you need a plan B going into a surgery and, and figuring out what to do on the operating table, but when you want to be a physician, go for it 100%. Don't have a plan B. That kind of holds true for picking your specialty as well, and that's where this chart comes in handy. Number of distinct specialties ranked by U.S. allopathic seniors here, chart EM1. For U.S. allopathic seniors that only ranked emergency medicine, 1,269 matched, 72 did not. So that's 5.4% roughly of those that only listed emergency medicine did not match. Let's take that to the second column here in chart EM1. 88 students. So, so column number two is if you had two programs, two specialties that you're ranking for. So if, if you're not completely sold on emergency medicine, it means you're, you're applying for emergency medicine programs and you're applying for internal medicine, let's say. And so for students that aren't 100% in on emergency medicine, 88 of those matched, 40 did not. So if you look at that number, it's 31% of those that ranked two or two programs here, 31% that ranked two distinct specialties did not match compared to 5% for those that are only ranking one. You need to make up your mind because you're obviously not selling the programs that you're interviewing at that you're dedicated to go into whatever specialty that you're interviewing at for that day. All right, I want to change gears here and dive into the Medscape survey data for emergency medicine. And looking at the newest Medscape lifestyle report for 2017, emergency medicine, slide number one here, or slide two, I guess, is at the top for burnout. 59% of emergency medicine physicians are stating they are burned out. What's interesting, though, is on the next slide, when it asks about the severity of burnout, emergency medicine is way down the list at 4.2. So it's a scale from 1 to 7. Urology is at 4.6 at the highest. Infectious disease is the lowest on this list at 3.9. Emergency medicine is 4.2. So they're burned out, but... Not the highest, which is interesting. Not surprising for emergency medicine, given that it's shift work, is that they are almost 
very close to the top. They're one, two, three. They're fifth on the list for which physicians are happiest. And it looks like it's mostly based on outside of work. So urology is 76% are happiest outside of work. Emergency medicine is 71% are happiest outside of work. And emergency medicine is 28 happiest at work. So there's a, a big discrepancy there. And obviously with shift work, you have a lot of time outside of work, which is great. And so emergency medicine physicians are loving that time, but they're getting burnt out at work. And switching one more time to the Medscape Physician Compensation Report for 2016, how much do physicians earn overall? Orthopedics at the very top, just to give you some understanding of where we're at. Pediatrics at the bottom, so ortho at 443, pediatrics at 204, emergency medicine is almost in the middle at $322,000 a year. What's interesting in this compensation report is that they have a list here for which specialties have the most female physicians, and emergency medicine is on the lower end of the list at 19%. OBGYN, unsurprisingly, is 55%. Pediatrics, again, unsurprisingly, 53%. So OBGYN, 55%. Pediatrics, 53%. Emergency medicine, 19%. So... We need some more female physicians in emergency medicine. So if you are a female, go for it. What's nice here is that physicians that feel fairly compensated, emergency medicine is top three at 60%. So 60% of emergency medicine physicians feel fairly compensated, which is good. Dermatology, 66%. Pathology, 63%. Emergency medicine right there at the top at 60%. What's interesting, looking at slide 17 here, emergency medicine has the fifth highest satisfaction overall for physicians at 57%, 60% being satisfied with their income, 66% would choose medicine again, which is at the higher end, but only 44% would choose emergency medicine again. Now, I have a hypothesis about this. I don't think it's emergency medicine necessarily that is causing this 44% that would choose the specialty again. Looking back, if you go back and listen to session two, speaking to an emergency medicine physician, he talked about how emergency medicine docs need to know a lot about a lot. And I have a feeling that a, a lot of people go into emergency medicine because they haven't found that one thing that lights them up every day, all day. And when they're practicing emergency medicine, at some point, they realize what that thing is, and then they wish their whole time was spent doing that one thing, but they're, in air quotes, stuck in emergency medicine. So it's kind of an interesting thing with how low it is. The, um, there are some lower ones. Emergency medicine is nowhere near the bottom, but it is one of the lowest ones. You have pulmonary medicine, so, which is kind of surprising at 37%. OBGYN, 41%. Unsurprisingly, internal medicine is at 25%, which is too bad. All right, I think I will wrap up there. 
I hope that was good information for you, useful information for you. Again, go check out the NRMP's data. Go check out the the um, DO data from the National Matching Services, the Medscape data, all of those sites and the documents that they provide there. They have all the information. I'm just providing my commentary for you and uh, helping you break down that information. And um, I've, I, I know it'll be better for you if you follow along with that information in front of you. So I hope that was useful. We'll cover another one soon enough. If you know somebody that you would like to hear on this podcast, I am constantly looking for new specialists to interview. I would love for you to reach out to me, reach out to the specialist that you know. Maybe it's somebody that you've shadowed, um, a mentor, a dad, a mom, whoever it may be. Let me know, and uh, I'd appreciate it. Ryan at Medical School, HQ.net. I hope you have a great week. If you found this useful, I'd love a rating interview in iTunes. They are pretty cool to us. Uh, iTunes is when we get ratings interviews. But actually, I'd love for you to do something else instead. I want you to go, if you're a medical student, go to your class, send an email to your class and say, hey, check out the Specialty Stories podcast and uh, share, share them, share the love of this podcast with your class. Have a great week. We'll see you next week here at Specialty Stories.